Are you struggling to hire diverse tech talent? After all, every organization in the world is now a tech company. And the ability to attract, hire, and retain tech talent from all backgrounds is critical to their success. Enter Hackajob, a reverse marketplace that actively vets engineers. We flip the traditional model on its head, meaning companies apply to engineers versus candidates applying to jobs, with companies getting an 85% response rate to candidates they reach out to, as well as exposure to tech talent that directly meets their organization's diversity objectives. Companies such as S&P Global, CarMax, and Sensor Tower are all using Hackajob. Why not join them? Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. It's Hong from Recruiting Brain Food, and you are listening to The Chad and Cheese Show. This, in my opinion, is the number one podcast in our industry. They are the people uh, that seem to know what's going on before everyone else does. You just have to subscribe and listen to these guys. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. And isn't it ironic, don't you think? Yesterday was Canada Day, which meant karaokeing. To jagged little pill all night long. Welcome to HR's most dangerous podcast, eh? I'm your co-host Joel Moosehead Cheeseman, and I'm Chad. It's almost Fourth of July, so wash. That's right. On this week's episode, Silicon Valley plays lip service to diverse hiring. Ivanka Trump touts skills-based hiring, and Canada Shopify is hungry for American brains, which, by the way, goes really well with Molson. Stick around, eh? We'll be right back. This summer, Jobbyte wants you, you, and you to join hundreds, thousands, millions. Okay, maybe just thousands of recruiters, HR, and talent acquisition professionals for a summer you won't soon forget. It's Jobbyte Summer to Evolve. The Summer to Evolve is a 12-week series of free content to help recruiters brush up on their skills. Learn from industry thought leaders and see how technology can help them improve, automate, and evolve their recruiting efforts. There will be a chance to share tips and ideas with your peers. And we may even have some surprises for you along the way. I love surprises. So visit thesummertoevolve.com to register for the Summer to Evolve sessions that suit your needs. Pique your interest. Or your vote because starting june 16th it's the summer to evolve the way you attract engage hire onboard and retain talent job fight recruit with purpose hire with confidence you 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 i don't know (laughs) (laughs) you know it's it's interesting like the artists like alanis morissette when they're pissed off and they just went through shit. I think she went like through a major breakup, just major. From the nat- dude from Full House, Uncle Jesse or whatever. Then that's where Jagged Little Pill came from. Uh, yeah. But then she got married, she got a nice, you know, life and now she just puts sure. out shit. Yeah. Sure. That, that's the story of every great rock story ever. 
like yeah. come from nothing. You're mad, pissed off, whatever. You create great art and then you get fat and happy and it ends. That's kind of the way this goes. Kind of like yeah. this podcast. Like we were pretty good the first year, year and a half. And now the show just sucks. So, Dude, we totally sucked that first year. <laughs> Trust me. I, I'm, I'm, I'm witness to my, uh, my, my midsection growing fat and, uh, you know, it's all good. But anyway. Yeah. Speak for yourself. <laughs> I'm still waiting for that so wash boot camp videotape to come out streaming streaming on my Peloton. Yeah, Julia was the happy recipient, maybe not so happy recipient of uh, the morning workouts now, now that Tristan has uh, moved to, to, to Portland for his last year before he goes to college. Uh, yeah, now she's getting up every morning and, and doing the, the, the Chad workout, which is pretty awesome. Being being married to you is like being married to a Stairmaster, isn't it? Hey, you'll have to ask Julie. I don't know. And I know, I know being your podcast partner is like being married to a Stairmaster. So I can only imagine what actually being married to you is like. Yeah. No, no clue. You'll have to ask her. We have a, we have a therapy group, Chad survival, uh, support group that her and I have, we meet secretly. <laughs> Shout outs. Okay. So, Shout outs. uh, congrats to our friend, Ellie Doty. Um, you might remember Ellie. She was yeah. the CEO, or I'm sorry, the CMO of Chili's Grill and Bar. Joel loved it because I think he got some free burgers out of it. I got some coupons. She left and has taken the CMO position at Burger King. Dude, that. Talk about a step up. I mean, being in a brand like Chili's, everybody knows Chili's, but having a brand like Burger King, uh, yeah. I automatically said, "Okay, cool. You're at a place now where I can I can get Impossible Burgers." And then she re- responded back with, "Yeah, and breakfast sandwiches." And by the way, is there any place in fast food to be a marketer than Burger King? Like as the number two, they oh, take it. all the risks. Oh yeah, they they do all the things that are outside the box. Like what a great opportunity if you're a marketer. But she's gonna have to step up and send me a king mask if she's uh, at BK now. I won't. <laughs> I won't just put up with coupons. I want masks. The creepiest mask ever, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Halloween is gonna be here sooner than you think. Oh, good call. Shout out to Mississippi. I know this is a little bit odd, but Mississippi, yes. if you hadn't heard, uh, took off the Confederate flag, which took up about a fourth of its current flag. Kind of a strange yes. situation. But, you know, Mississippi is not, you know, New Jersey. Right. So this was a pretty quick move. Unanimously voted on uh, to take it off. Uh, and a, a secondary shout out to sports. Um, I think a lot of this was provoked by one of the star running backs at Ole Miss saying that he would not play for you know a state or would support uh, a state that had Confederate flag or support that that messaging. And if you know anything about SEC football, they're not going to lose talent to something like a Confederate flag from 150 years ago. Uh, so shout out to sports and the state of Mississippi. Yeah, well, the SEC said they would not hold any games uh, any SEC games like bowl games or anything like that in the state mm-hmm. of Mississippi while they still had the stars and bars represented on their flag. Yeah. And to say that this was a quick turnaround, I mean, th- that flag's been around since I think the early 1900s. <laughs> I don't know if it's a, a quick turnaround, but I'm just glad that no, the voting was, was quick. Not, not, yes. The vote, it, it happened fairly quickly. 
That's what I, you know what I'm saying, man. You try to spin this shit after 50 or 100 plus bad. years. Yeah. It Oof, wasn't like that's... it's been on the table for a vote for 100 years. Ooh, so quick. Yeah, so what's your next shout out? Shout out to two t-shirt sightings. Have uh, yeah. Ava Zills and Torn Ellis were sporting Chad and Cheese t-shirts last week during online video segments. That's right. Chad Cheese and Dolphin. It's a good look. We're also going to have, we're going to re- kickstart the chad cheese uh, t-shirt program that's right new t-shirts are going to be coming out covid kind of put a crimp in things because obviously live events aren't happening but we've found a way stay tuned to get t-shirts to the people wow wow this is news to me i'm excited shout out to mike batman cohen or is it michael cohen uh don't mix the two up who is a covid survivor i guess he uh, tweeted out this week that he had not symptoms that were so bad that he had to go to the hospital but i think it quote sucked for a while he's back on the mend and we're happy to uh to announce that he is uh, a survivor of covid for me he's the second person that i actually know that has come down with it it won't be the last but he's number two awesome to hear batman uh hopefully you'll be back soon covid can't kill batman come on that yeah on that ain't gonna happen <laughs> a cluster of shout outs because we have so many sure to listeners oliver kipfer david pap joseph wilkie matt King, Wes Windler, CEO of startup right here in Indianapolis called Woven. And one of those guys, one of the reasons why I did this in a big group, so you wouldn't know who said it. One of these guys (laughs) said... And I quote, your podcast is good stuff. It's the only one I can make it through without falling asleep. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, all those names lend themselves to really great nicknames if you dissect each one of those. But anyway, I'll work on that later. I digress. So another group of names all throughout there. uh, Hundreds of companies are now boycotting Facebook from advertising. Uh, Big names that you'll know like Walmart, Starbucks, Home Depot and Levi's joined the fray uh, recently. Uh, The jury is out whether or not this will have any effect on changing Zuckerberg's uh, state of mind. Um, But it is certainly a statement in the hundreds at this point of companies who are saying F you to Facebook advertising. Yes. And and we're one of those companies. We don't spend a lot of money. That's right. Chad and cheese. They're boycotting Facebook. Not spending another dollar (laughs) on those assholes. So, so on LinkedIn uh, this mm-hmm. week, it was really funny because uh, Ted DeVito said he actually commented on on one of the uh, one of the posts we put out. Is that Danny's brother? Yeah, I think so. Okay, and I quote: "We could have done without the foul language and blasphemy." And I thought that was just fucking hilarious because on our homepage it says it, it has the little you know explicit yeah. content. <laughs> As do all of our episodes have a big e on every every episode yes. so so and again i just wanted to 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 reiterate to those listening that we we appreciate you listening and one of the reasons why we did this in the first place is so that nhr unlike most of the sleepy podcasts that are out there you could have one that was original one that it was authentic. And when we spoke to listeners, Joel and I always thought that like the the old HR lady would would never listen to us. Um, those are the ones that are coming up to us saying, I love what you guys are saying. I've been saying it for 20 years. Yes. Like every industry, recruiting has an id and we are it. <laughs> so anyway, 
Thanks again for all you listeners and Ted DeVito. I'm gonna gonna give you uh, just a, a a common term from our friends over in England. Fuck off. By the way, what's your favorite Danny DeVito movie? Oh, what was the one where they were twins? That was horrible. Twins. <laughs> it was called Twins. <laughs> With Arnold Schwarzenegger. That was probably one of the worst fucking movies. <laughs> Remember Romancing the Stone? Yes. He was great yes. in that. And Hoffa, he was pretty good too. Uh, a rare um, underground hit, I think. One of one of a Nicholson's better performances that doesn't get noticed. But anyway, I digress. Yes. Shout out to Gordon Collier, who survived the firing squad. That episode oh, went out uh, yeah. this week, I believe. Yep. He's a big fan of the show. I know he was uh, real excited to be on and uh, glad that went out. And he's he's been pimping it big time. I, we appreciate that as well. You ready for events? I'm ready for events, baby. All right. We have the big event coming up this coming week, kids. Jamie Leonard and the team that brings you Wreckfest every year is bringing you something new. Something Hell cool. Yeah. Something <laughs> Global. It's called TA Global Gathering. That's right. Yeah, it's very timely. Next week, so July 8th and 9th, over a hundred speakers across the world are going to be going to be a part of this thing. And we, the Chad and Cheese, we've created this entirely new competition and it will be airing on july 8th get your get your pens ready kids july yeah. 8th at 2 15 eastern time we actually have the biggest chunk in the entire Ooh. event i think what? most of these events most of the most of the speakers are like uh 30 minutes and we have yeah four contestants doing what joel they're pimping their new features so we're calling this thing feature rama uh we have deathmatch which features startups and their businesses now we have Futurama, which which features established companies that are launching new and cool things that we put under the microscope. We judge and we pronounce a winner, which will then receive the badass belt of HR tech aside from the, the chain of champions. So we're bringing out all the hardware. All the good stuff. Uh, we have four great companies that are competing. We got Next with two X's. We got Zor, who just won Deathmatch. We got Hiring Solved. And we have Jobvite. I mean, talk about some 800-pound gorillas going to the mat, going into the octagon. It's going to be fun, everybody. It's going to be a blast. going to be a blast. And since everybody loves Firing Squad in Deathmatch, because those are more startup driven, we mm-hmm. wanted to be able to give some of the bigger brands an opportunity yeah. to cut through the noise. Because they're, I mean, they're working really hard to drop new features. Yeah. And in most cases, they don't get any love. Established companies are people too, everybody. They're people too. And now they have a platform to be able to do so called Featurama. So there you You're go. You're welcome, everybody. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. Topics. So have you heard of this thing called Black Lives Matter? Yeah, I have. So HR executive, uh, they actually had this this number of the day thing that they put put out around Black Lives Matter. And this is a from a monster survey. 62% of employees would be more likely to work for a company because it's response to the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm-hmm. So 
depending on the response of the Black Lives Matter movement, are you just staying silent, not saying a goddamn thing? This actually impacts how people look at your brand, your company, obviously not just from the standpoint of coming to work there, but also buying shit. But 62% say that it matters if they're going to come work for you or not. Absolutely. Now, my, my first take on this story is that how the hell did Monster only get 300 people to answer survey? Don't they have more people than that? Probably not. Uh, and their database. But yeah, that, that tells you the state of Monster that they can only get 300 people to fill out a survey. However, that is within the realm of whatever official survey data, uh, as we know from our, our buddy George LaRock. The other thing is, I'm curious, people answer surveys largely uh, in tune with what they think they should say. So it'll be interesting to see how, and we talk about this with the Valley getting on to diverse hiring and, and sort of the, the, we've heard this story before. Uh, so right. I'm really interested, you know, we, we, we can't seeing the, the soul of people and the heart of the people that, that were surveyed. But curious how much of this is, you know, I guess, white guilt coming out um, a little bit as opposed to real dissension and feeling. Um, however, I do think no matter what, uh, one of the points in the survey was really valid uh, and it was made by Claire Barnes, who's the SVP of HR uh, at Monster, who said, quote, with with all that in mind uh, from the data that they got, it's essential to evaluate your employer branding and ensure all of your recruitment materials and efforts accurately reflect reflect your corporate values. You and I, you in particular, you know, grew up with websites coming up with, you know, diverse jobs in their name and their URL and diversity hire and things like that, which were really only things that were done because if the government came calling, you could say, hey, we're making efforts to hire these folks yeah, as opposed to actually doing it. And I think that you know, paying lip service and, and answering a survey is one thing, but actually putting your money in your mouth and your, and your resources uh, to the other is another thing. So, yeah, I agree that the world is headed this way. The future is not in the Confederate flag, a la our Mississippi shout out. And companies should be moving in this direction. And at least in terms of this survey, they are. It says 70% said it's very important that companies are upfront about their diversity of their employees. More than one third cited that being transparent about the diversity of employees would help a company demonstrate its commitment to diverse Hiring now to me that that only makes sense, and we've been talking about this for for years now. When a company says, "quote unquote," we are diverse, or we're female friendly, or we're veteran friendly, or we we believe in hiring individuals with disabilities, well then. If that's the case, be transparent about it. Show your numbers, yeah. right? It feels like you are hiding something and the transparency can't stop there. This also drives the pay equity conversation. Black females make about 66 cents on the dollar compared to white dudes, right? Hispanic women make even less. So the conversation needs to be loud and we need to continue until measures are put in place to ensure that uh, equal pay is happening, that equity is happening, that diverse hiring is actually happening because, again, a lot of this shit is just smoke and mirrors. Absolutely. And by the way, stop using stock photos in your employment branding with people of color if they don't actually work at your company. That's a that's a bad look uh, in terms of transparency. <laughs> and in terms of transparency, you know, I think I think that's great. And, uh, you know, part of the I don't want to jump ahead to the ne to the next story. No, go ahead. But there's there's an element of of the transparency being real uh, with the messaging that you're giving the world. And I, I, yeah. I bring up Nike quite a bit. 
I mean, go to Nike's website and look at their executive team. It's really white. That should reflect on their marketing and their messaging and, and who they're appealing to. And I, I hope that that starts changing over over the next few years. And I also think that transparency in terms of level of employment and what really matters. So to jump ahead a little bit to our next story, uh, you know, Amazon and Apple tout their diversity numbers. However, that's a little bit skewed because of warehouse workers and the retail shop. So they're 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 able to sort of skew the percentages because they hire mass amounts of people that are that are basic level folks that can look more like America, which is not transferring to the high tech jobs and sort of the management positions. So I think it's really uh, it's really important to be transparent in terms of all levels of your organization and not yeah. just say in aggregate, here's our number and that's good enough. Yeah, you definitely have to break that down. So the, the the transparency piece, the aggregate, especially when you have jobs which are you know from retail all the way up through tech and whatnot, that it's not good enough, especially from somebody on the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. Facebook being really a technology company sites the um, six years ago, uh, they released statistics on the makeup of its global workforce that did not reflect the demographics of its uh-huh. users. Just 3% of its workers were black. Then Facebook cites the creation of a diversity team a year before, vowed mm-hmm. to make more hires than in with lower attrition, and that came out to be 3.8%. Right. So then so then Cheryl COO Cheryl Sandberg announced a new effort with mm-hmm. more specific goals and support. The company committed to a 30 percent increase in the number of people of color in leadership positions over the next five years. Now, personally, from my standpoint, there's no question in the C-suite, you have to have diversity because that's where everybody's looking at, right? That's that's where the standard should be set, mm-hmm. but it's not good enough. That has to bleed back down. So, you know, for me, this always rings hollow. It doesn't ring true. I've seen companies perform this smoke and mirrors bullshit tactic for decades. They yeah. announce, they have working groups, and then you don't hear a goddamn thing. Yeah. You know, I think, uh, <laughs> by the way, the, the 3% to like 3.8% is really hilarious um, in terms of initiatives. Well, it's not. And if, and if, and if, and if any... Well, if any company Fuckers. should look like the world, it's Facebook, right? Yes. Um, but yeah, obviously not. You know, I think, and you can speak to this better than I can, but the story from uh, from MarketWatch that had this with the quote of, most companies just stay in the lane of what is legally required. Yes. Um, and, and your time at Direct Employers, I know you saw this and can speak to it more than I can, but government interaction and, and the risk of going to court and being uh, fined tends to have more impact on companies than actual you know society sentiment so i'm really curious as to whether or not these companies really really get serious about this and of course some of the the commentary from some of the uh the, the african-americans 
where they've heard this all before for years, yes. they've heard about diversity programs and it's all just lip service to the press to make themselves look better. Hopefully we see some actual numbers increase. We actually see uh, the needle move because for decades it hasn't. Yeah. So the biggest issue is that companies want to make these, these huge announcements and then they don't want to fund any type of internal creation of programs that mm-hmm. would develop talent. So companies should be aggressively funding internal programs which manufacture their own talent, like the U.S. military does with the ROTC program, right? Yeah. You want them to actually learn specific skills, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, guess what? We're going to go ahead and we're going to pay for your college. And here's, you know, when you pop out or what have you, you're going to have a three-year contract with us, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But they should also be aggressive aggressively funding companies like the mom project, which we're going to be talking about later in the show. Yeah. That's the thing. They talk about all this money that they send out to the, the, the black community in this, in this case, right? The problem is they're not investing in their own infrastructure and they're looking no. for quick hits. They're looking for silver bullets. Well, guess what people, they don't fucking exist. If we don't build infrastructure, and that's infrastructure being in the company, if we don't build, we don't actually put money into it, we don't put resources into it, it is all hollow. It's not going to work. And it's going to take your 3% to 3.8%. And I think it's worth noting as well, we talked about uh, Netflix's CEO donating, I think, $120 million to historically black colleges. Um, You can bet your ass that Netflix is going to start hiring more from those colleges as they're giving money to them and certain programs, I'm sure, to help help funnel people into Netflix uh, for, you know, jobs that they need filled. And also... Microsoft announced uh, this week that they're they're hoping to train 25 million people uh, on digital training and and education. Um, of course, they have the nice benefit of using things like LinkedIn and GitHub, etc., to kind of drive yeah. some of that stuff, which also drives users into GitHub and LinkedIn, etc. Um, but you know, there's no crime, and if you're helping the world while also helping your business, that's not necessarily a bad thing. So companies like Netflix and Microsoft, I think, are worth highlighting as companies that are looking like they're putting their money where their mouth is and will actually make a real difference. Netflix should be going into those universities and they should be providing guidance on what the mm-hmm. universities are yeah. teaching because it's what they need. It's what they want. So those universities should be turning into talent factories for them. We hear way too many times that individuals pop out of university, they've graduated and they have all these skills gaps. They, they, they're, they're, they're not worthless, but they're sure the fuck not wor- uh, worthwhile on day one. Yeah, We need to be able to ensure corporate America that we're not looking to the government to, to try to fix all of our ills. We fix our own shit. We go to those HBCUs that we're spending a shit ton of money with and we're helping them better understand the type of talent that we need. That's what we should be doing. And unfortunately, all they do is write a check, give them a check, walk away and expect something magical to happen. Let's take a break and we'll talk about that mom project that you mentioned. Stand out in a feed full of boring job ads with a dynamic, enticing video that showcases your company culture, people and benefits with Job Addicts. 
Instead of hoping that job seekers will stumble upon your employment branding video, Job Addicts seamlessly displays it in the job description while they're searching, building a connection, and reducing candidate drop-off. You're spending thousands of dollars on beautiful, informative employment branding videos that just sit on a YouTube channel, begging to be discovered. Why not feature them across our network of over 150 job sites to proactively compel top talent to join your team? Help candidates see themselves in your role by emailing joinus at jobadx.com. That's joinus at jobadx.com. Attract, engage, employ with Job AdX. Mom. With age comes context, right? And yes. so, you know, when I was born in the 70s, mom stayed home. I don't know what yours did. Uh, I'm assuming it's something similar. Um, and then as divorces grew, including my it, within my family, mm-hmm. uh, and, and mom took on a role of working and the latchkey kid generation, kids coming home alone, you know, I was like, like a thing. And then it became guilt and raising kids that didn't have mother. And how do I do both things? And like you and I remember commercials with like, I can bring home the bacon. I fried up fried in a pan. Up in a pan. Never, yeah. never let you forget you're a man, right? Or the, or the Virginia Slim cigarettes, like you can have it all and all this shit. So when I see efforts like this, the mom project that helps women navigate both being a mother and having a, 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 a lucrative and fulfilling career and bringing together those entities with companies that are willing to provide both or support all of those uh, those legs of the stool, if you will. I think it's awesome. Uh, and, and the mom project sort of highlights the world that we're going into, which I think is a much better place than where we were decades ago. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mom worked her ass off. Mom and dad divorced when I was eight and she worked her ass off. And, and the thing is that in, in this case, I'll just go into, into the, the mom project. They, they just raised 25 million in series yeah. B funding, which is 36 million to, total. Yeah. 30, 35.6, according to crutch base, so overall, not to mention they also have an advocate in Serena Williams who joined the company Whoa. as a strategic advisor. That's big. Superwoman. Talk about yeah. superwomen. The, uh, the mom project community of over 275,000 talented professionals and more than 2,000 companies links moms and small businesses and leading brands like Delta Airlines, Pinterest, Dropbox, Accenture, Etsy, Facebook, and Nike. Mm-hmm. This is a project that I, I think that companies like the Facebooks and the Amazons of the world should be getting behind. We're talking about the, the actual funding of getting behind projects where there's already infrastructure that you can tap into. Uh, sure. This group, 94% have bachelor's degrees, 40% advanced degrees, uh, 250,000 in 50 states. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty amazing that you can tap into a group, but also understand that you have to provide them with the autonomy to get mm-hmm. done what they need to get done. And, and what they need to get done isn't just work for your fucking company. They have a life, they have kids, they have 
idiots like us that they have to deal with. You know, I was, uh, I think it was, it was Sherman's, the early 2000s featured Jack Welch, uh, who's a famous executive made most famously uh, at GM, GE. where he famously said 5% of the workforce needs to be fired um, every year because at least 5% suck. But but he went on and, and essentially touted that women ultimately have to make a choice of whether they are a career person or they're going to you know, be a domestic stay at home mom and that the two, the two entities could not coexist. And Jack Welch, rest his soul. Uh, I think he passed away this year um, or last year. Smart guy, good executive. But, but you had to think listening to that, that there's got to be a way that this uber talented group of people didn't have to choose between one or the other, that, that somehow they could balance both of them and that there were companies that were willing to embrace that reality. And so, you know, 10, 15 years hence, uh, it really makes my heart smile that that companies are embracing the dual existence of you can be a mom and also be really super talented and help our company. You don't have to choose one or the other. Yeah. Jack Welch really embodied that of the management in the 1950s. You're yeah. coming to work, you're busting your ass and you're staying late and you're doing whatever we the company need you to do. Screw your family, okay? This is about us. And if you don't think so, then go find a job somewhere else, right? Mm -hmm. And luckily, we've evolved to the point to understand that we can get more out of people. We can keep them longer. They can be happier at work. (laughs) They They don't have to begrudgingly get in and do their fucking job. They can enjoy what they do on their own time. Just as long as they're getting their shit done, what does it matter, right? Yeah. And fortunately, the culture is catching up to that as well. Like there, I think there's much less sort of envy or you know aggressive behavior on people who aren't there all day or work from home more than others. That there isn't this sort of animosity, uh, which I think Jack Welch's time yes. definitely was. You know, like not showing up to work, going on vacation was a weakness. No other, you know, all the other companies. I mean, this is corporate America. Um, you know, dog eat dog kind of mentality. And we're getting away from that, which I think is a great thing. Yeah. On the Mom Project website, it says 86% of working women or working mothers will leave a job for an opportunity that better supports their work and life considerations. 75% mm-hmm. of women surveyed believe employer support of work-life flexibility is the most crucial criteria for feeling respected at work. Again, it's giving a shit about the human beings that are actually making the products and providing the services under your brand. Once you don't give a shit about them anymore, your service starts to suck. And so does your product compared to your competitor who's actually giving a shit. Yep. Yep. And thankfully, uh, also technology allows us to do this more and more, which is a good thing. And COVID with Zoom meetings and everything else has made it that much more amenable in today's world. Yeah. So is is Amazon giving a shit now that they're paying 500 million in bonuses to frontline workers? I'm ready for you to bow down to the, the, uh, the, the statue of Bezos and apologize for all the hate that you've spewed at them for the last three years. Announced <laughs> this week, they're going to be giving 5 billion, I believe, worth of bonuses. Million. 500 million. Sorry. Yes. 500 million. They're doing 5 yes. billion to, uh, to, fight COVID in, in the workplace. Yes, they're giving 500 million in bonuses to frontline workers. 
have been deemed essential in the last three, four months. This is a good thing, right? Are you actually going to come up with some angle of where this is a negative? Imagine that, a white guy thinking this is a good thing. So the pay the payout <laughs> comes after the company decided last month to end a short-term pay bump. Okay. So mm-hmm. let's 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 do the math real quick and, and help you understand why this is fucking horrible for workers and more of a PR stunt than anything else. A one-time bonus is just that, where a bump in salary is a long-term investment in that person, in that worker, in that employee, in that fucking human, right? So this is just another bullshit optics play for PR. A, a LinkedIn commenter, because this is actually on LinkedIn, uh, actually said, okay, so listen, Amazon has 840,000 employees. Let's assume 500,000 of them are frontline workers. I think it's probably less, but let's just go with that. Okay. That's $1,000 bonus each, roughly $800 after taxes. Is that hazard pay? Is that good headline? I mean, so if you think about it overall, Yep. Let's say it was twice that. Let, I'm going to be generous. Let's say the bonus was $1,600. Okay. Well, a $2 pay bump would catch that $1,600 or that $1,600 bonus uh, in about five months. And then that worker would continue to make more money, not to mention when the next pay uh, raises would happen, they would be making more than that, right? So this is a play by corporate America to be able to smoke and mirrors shit as opposed to paying people more. Nearly 20% of Americans, 20 fucking percent are considered working poor. That means they are at the level of poverty, but yet they are fucking working. We need to lift them up by paying them more and quit giving them the scraps. These are the scraps. Jeff Bezos, you think he's getting the scraps? No, fuck no, he's not. He's giving these people the scraps. He's telling them, take it or leave it. You can find a job somewhere else. I tried Jeff Bezos. I really, really tried. This is another reason why Amazon needs a union, by the way. Sovereign Parser is the most accurate resume and job order intake technology in the industry. The more accurate your data, the better decisions you can make. Find out more about our suite of products today by visiting Sovereign.com. That's S-O-V-R-E-N.com. We provide technology that thinks, communicates, and collaborates like a human. Sovereign. Software so human, you'll want to take it to dinner. Oh, Canada. Oh, Canada. Canada's largest, most influential company, Shopify. No, everybody, it's not BlackBerry anymore. Ram. By the way, there's a bad there's a bad track record of being like Canada's biggest tech company. Uh, but anyway, I digress. Uh, so if you hadn't heard, our president Donald Trump is sort of I don't know cold toward immigrants and people coming in from outside of the country, which is a longstanding American tradition. Uh, and has put a pause button on H-1 visas for workers to come into the country. Have you heard about this, Chad? Uh, yeah, all over the news. So so not to be outdone, Shopify, who would love, love to get this this brain power into, into Canada and at their company, had a fun little dialogue on Twitter this week where their, their founders uh, commented about, hey, if you can't go to the U.S., Come to Canada. We'll love you here. And Canada has been 
trolling the U.S. for workers, uh, especially in individuals who are outside of the United States and even inside the United States ever since Trump took office. They're like, hey, yep. you might want to come up here for a little while, you know. Um, yep. But the visa si- system was conceived so companies could hire overseas workers to fill a shortage of highly skilled positions mm-hmm. uh, in technology services, product development. But critics argue that companies abuse the system by replacing American workers with mm-hmm. foreign labor. From my standpoint, I was just thinking, you know, how many people are here on H-1B? So in, in 2019, the USCIS said the U.S. has 388,000 plus mm-hmm. H-1B visa holders who work in occupations that require theoretical and practical application of a body of highly specialized knowledge. That's a bunch of fucking fluff right there. (laughs) Overall, here in the U.S., once again, I'm a big fan of the H-1B visa program. Mm -hmm. But there has to be a balance. And from our standpoint, we talked about this earlier with regard to uh, companies actually creating infrastructure and spending money on resources that will tap into their local communities that will skill those individuals up and get them into jobs. We Mm -hmm. are looking for the quick heroin hit with h1b visas i i'm in i'm in a, in a little town that has probably one of the most diverse communities in the world i kid you not because cummins engine yeah. company is here and we have some of the i think the, the most h1b visa allotments in the country i love it because most of my friends are from europe you know yeah. um and it provides diversity not just for me but for my kids so i love that but but we here in the united states are always looking for the quick hit and we need to find a balance which means companies need to spend money making sure that the local communities are pipelining talent into their companies not just sp- not just pulling h1b visa holders in mm-hmm. and taking those jobs so Am I a fan of H-1B visas? Yes. Do I think we have too many of them and we need to really focus on spending money, investing in our local communities? Fuck yeah, we do. If you had to estimate how many uh, of Cummins workers that come from overseas become American citizens? Oh, that's a good question. I know that most of them, that is a goal. Not that they want to stay here per se, but that is- <laughs> yeah, especially. Um, I, I know that there are many and, I, and I've seen many of the, uh, the, the Facebook posts of mm-hmm. those individuals, friends who are, you know, like like Christine did last week, yeah. you know, getting her American citizenship citizenship. Um, sure. That's that's big. And it's easier to stay, obviously, uh, if you have a skill that is in high need. And again, I, I think our community is much richer because of the diverse that an H-1B visa program brings. Mm-hmm. Um, although we have to invest in our own people as well. We have to find a balance to this. Yeah, I agree with balance and, and I'm by no means a, 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 a expert on this issue. But um, you know, I do know that America's brand in the world has historically been one of 
of openness, of opportunity, of freedom, of, uh, you know, uh, it was a place where the world wanted to come, whether it was to get rich or to worship in the way that it chose. Um, and the optics of stuff like this, whether it be the wall on the southern border, whether it be H1B visas, yeah, all goes to all goes toward corroding the brand of America that has made it so strong. I mean, if you looked, you know, we talk about diversity in the workplace. Uh, think about what diversity as a as a country has meant to us in terms of growth, uh, in terms of ideas, in terms of innovation, in terms of all that stuff. If and in many ways, we're turning our back on that when we when we do things like this. And and countries like Canada are smart to say, hey. We're open for business and we're open to you coming to our country. I think that optically is a bad thing for America. I do agree there, there's probably got to be some balance in there. But I, you know, I, I don't fault other countries trying to take advantage of our stupidity and eroding our brand of one of openness and opportunity and freedom by doing things like this that Shopify exemplified. You have to ask yourself, would they still be pulling these programs together if mm-hmm. they had to pay the same rate that they did to Americans in the same jobs. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, you know, I think, you know, my, my wife's a professor uh, and we were talking about this the other day and, and she, her university as every other university is very concerned about enrollments for the next year or the coming semester mm-hmm. in her, her school, which is a, a microcosm of other schools uh, around the country. Certainly undergrads at Duke are different than undergrads at Nebraska. Um, right. But in, in her world, they're looking at a, at a 3% decrease in undergrad, but they're looking at uh, 5x that in terms of their graduate program, which tend to be very heavy on international students. So, you know, starting sort of there of where countries want to or people want to come to America for an education, they're starting to feel you know, excluded from that, from that world. And they're going to go to places like Canada and get an education and stay there and work there and build companies there. I just think that's, that's a shame that America is, is losing some of that as a result. And that's revenue that they're losing as well as a university. That's yes, that's true. And that means people losing jobs and hours, all the good stuff. And then we have this great spokesperson by who's talking about skills, skills based instead of, you know, instead of degree based. <laughs> yeah. So Trump signed an executive order to, quote, transform the federal hiring process and replace the one size fits all degree based hiring with skills based hiring. Not not anything particularly wrong with the message. No. However, the messenger who got who's probably been employed everywhere that she's worked uh, in due part because of her father sent the Internet into a tizzy, as you can imagine, uh, on Twitter. And there's some great there's some great ones. Chris Hayes on Twitter said new policy. Anyone whose parents had the job can get hired for the job themselves, regardless of qualifications. Hart Hansen said, does that mean you all will leave? in favor of people with actual intelligence and ability. Uh, Norm Wilner said, quote, I'm grandfathered in. Well, okay, I'm fathered in, et cetera, et cetera. So poor Ivanka, she can't get a break. But you would think that someone would have put their hand up and said, this is probably not the thing that you want Ivanka to talk about. And if I was Ivanka, I'd say, you know what? This is probably not the thing. I should talk about, but they're all so fucking blind. I got nothing. I got nothing. I got nothing <laughs> I got except a beer. We out. And we out. <laughs> 
Thank you for listening to Podcast with Chad and Cheese. Brilliant. They talk about recruiting, they talk about technology, but most of all, they talk about nothing. Anywho, be sure to subscribe today on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We out. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.